So I don't know where you land historically, like on the side of this debate, but uh, my family and I, we decorate the Friday after Thanksgiving. We decorate for Christmas. So, you know, turkey first, then we do the whole Christmas thing. But be honest, who started decorating before Friday? Anybody? Oh, wow. Okay. More, more of the, nothing to be shamed about there. Uh, that is more than I thought though. Uh, but I, I, uh, I just knew in my heart that it was going to be, uh, cold the rest of the month. I saw, uh, last week, uh, around Friday, I think sometime last week, it was supposed to be like 70 degrees. So I was like, man, I'm going to go start, uh, hanging lights, get a head start on the thing because I've done it when it's cold and it, and it sucks when it's cold. Like I almost lost a finger in frostbite when Laura and I first got married because she's all about uh, decorations and Christmas. Clearly, my instinct was wrong. It was like, what, 80 degrees on Friday uh, or whatever it was. I guess it's like my daddy always told me, 85% of weathermen are 60% right 30% of the time. So that's how that works. But here's why I bring that up. Because as I was on the roof by myself, a number of thoughts occurred to me. First of all, I realized this would be bad if I fall. Like, I'm in the country by myself. It's going to take a while for help to get here. Uh, I mean, if my, I figured though, maybe I should develop an app that knows when I fall off my roof. Uh, like, cause it, your phone, like will tell you when you're walking upstairs and do all kinds of crazy stuff. So I, I figured surely it could tell me or alert somebody that if I fall the 15 feet off my roof to my imminent death. But then I realized, I realized I don't know anything about apps and I don't know any uh, Japanese friends who would. So my mind wanders, wanders from there. And I begin to think this would be prime time for somebody to rob my house. Like as I'm on the roof by myself, this would be a perfect time for them to come in and start stealing all my stuff. I can't exactly hurry down the ladder and like I said, I'm out kind of in the middle of nowhere. So if I would call the cops, it would take them a while to get there. Uh, if they were really smart, they would just kick the ladder down and then steal all my stuff because uh, it, it, it would make me have to gauge whether or not my TV was worth the broken leg I was likely to obtain jumping off the roof to try and stop them. So I decided at that moment for future years, it would be good for Laura to hang all the lights so I could protect all my stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm going to get robbed here. Uh, but here's what else occurred to me. As I was admiring my handiwork and the Christmas lights, we have become experts in decorating. You know, I mean, the clips that I was using could hang from your gutters or under your shingles, and they would work for every uh, Christmas light. The, the plug-in was up under my eaves so that we didn't have to use extension cords or anything like that. There's a switch inside my house. It's all become very expertly designed. As you probably guessed, though, I don't just mean we've become experts in decorating for Christmas. I mean that we've become experts in decorating our lives with social media and Pinterest and everything we do to uh, create a social media moment because we want people to see a certain kind of life. 
We want them to see our lives decorated, not necessarily as they always are on a day-to-day basis. I feel like this is pretty much what's started the selfie craze. Uh, If you don't know what a selfie is, it's just a picture of yourself that you post with a clever caption, like when you're at the gym or you're at a restaurant or you're anywhere else that nobody would care about, you take a selfie. That's what you do. So think about this. Google said last year, on average, they had 93 million selfies per day uploaded on Android devices. So that doesn't even include iPhones or non-Android devices, which is remarkable since we all know the iPhone is incredibly better than the Android. But 93 million a day. That is insane. If we spent as much time taking selfies at the gym as we did working out, Perhaps things would be different. But listen to this. It gets crazier. Tech companies estimate that the average millennial, so age 21 to 34, that demographic of people, the millennial, will take 25,000 selfies in their lifetime. Catch this. The reason that's crazy is because the average person only lives 27,000 days. So it's like as soon as you come out of the womb, selfie, right? Hashtag working my way out or whatever you, I mean, what are you saying? (laughs) On my grind, I don't know. But I can remember when pictures were the worst thing that could possibly happen to you. Anything, anybody else remember picture day at school, right? You have the smoke gray background. All your buddies are making fun of you in line. Uh, You're wearing something horrible that your mom picked out. You have no idea if the picture even turned out good. You don't get that mug for a couple weeks. uh, So you have no idea uh, if it was a good picture or not. In fact, I'm so old, I can remember going to Dylan's to the photo booth like kiosk where you would have to take film out of your camera like hand it to the dude and he would take it back into the back through a door with beads there's always beads i don't know why what the point of the beads was but then you'd like have to go back to your house and wait on a phone call like at your house in order for them to tell you your picture's we're done. So then you'd go back to Dylan's and they'd have a huge filing cabinet and they'd have to open it up and find your envelope. And then you could start looking through your pictures and, and you'd look through all of them. And the only way you would deem if it was a good picture or not was if you look good, right? I mean, it didn't matter what everybody else in the picture looked like. As long as you looked good, it was a good picture. And to complicate the whole procedure, you'd inevitably find a picture of somebody, usually your sibling, whose eyes were red. And you were like, I knew they were the devil, right? I mean, you just swore that that was the reason why the eyes were. And nowadays, you don't even have to worry about any of that. There's no red eyes. There's no acne. There's no scars. You can filter that uh, from the very beginning and see your picture right away. If you don't know what a filter is, I can't help you. There's no time. But back then, pictures were just the worst. Yet now we live in this selfie-obsessed culture. In fact, as I was typing this message and and bringing up my notes, uh, my autocorrect feature didn't even change the word selfie. It recognized the word selfie 10 years ago. That's not even a word, so it's crazy. But all of this occurred to me while I'm hanging Christmas lights and decorations. So the last thing I realized was, 
I've got way too many Christmas lights and decorations if I can figure all this stuff out in my mind. But this morning we're kicking off a brand new series called Oh, What Fun. And for the next few weeks, we're going to look at some things that, that I feel like are fun and that happen around Christmas time. It should be obvious by now that this morning I want to talk to you about decorations and the decorations that we like to hang at Christmas. I titled the message, Oh, What Fun It Is to Decorate. And if you've been part of New Anthem the past few years, you know that I like to give, uh, at Christmas time, I like to give out ornaments. It's one of the things that we uh, did as a family uh, with, our, with our kids every year at Christmas time. We give them a new ornament. So the new, uh, new Anthem uh, 2017 ornaments are in the back. Please grab one for your family on your way out. It's our gift to you. But uh, hopefully you're collecting those uh, since the beginning of time, and we will do that for all of time. Hopefully you don't run out of colors. I don't know how it will work. But uh, I think God has some things that he wants uh, to tell you today, some interesting things about how we decorate our lives. You say, I don't decorate my life, Pastor. Well, maybe. Uh, we'll find out in a few minutes because I want us to look at something together. So if you brought a Bible, I hope you did. Go ahead and grab it uh, or on your way in, you should have received some sermon notes. So you can pull those out as well. You need to open up to Matthew chapter 23. Matthew is the first book in your New Testament. Uh, so towards the back, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John is how it's going to go. But you want the big number three. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. So if you're using an app on your phone or something, you can change the translation. The New Living Translation will be helpful for you. Uh, but you can follow along on screen as well. Okay, you ready? No. Okay, we can wait a few more minutes. Chiefs play at noon. Take your time. Uh, no, but here we go. Uh, verse 1, then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Everything they do is for show. On their arms, they wear extra-wide prayer boxes with Scripture verses inside. Your Bible might call them phylacteries, which is just a great word, isn't it? Phylactery. That's all a phylactery is, is a box with Scripture verses inside. They wear robes with extra-long tassels. They love to sit at the head table at banquets and in the seats of honor in the synagogues. They love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi. Don't let anyone call you rabbi, for you only have one teacher, and all of you are equal as brothers and sisters. And don't address anyone here on earth as father, for only God in heaven is your father. And don't let anyone call you teacher, for you have only one teacher, the Messiah." The greatest among you must be a servant, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Here's what I want you to jot down if you're taking notes. One point to the message this morning, if you go to work tomorrow and they say, what did you do over Thanksgiving? You say, oh, I went to school and it was a church and it was kind of weird, but it's a school church thing. Or what did the pastor talk about? Oh, he talked about one thing and one thing only. It's that decorations conceal the outside and they'll eventually compromise your inside. Decorations that conceal what's on the outside will eventually compromise what's on the inside. In other words, the more decorated our lives become, the more difficult it's going to be to be authentic. And really, that's what Jesus is after here. 
He's criticizing the religious leaders, the Pharisees, for not being authentic, for not being real. Now, before we're too hard on these guys, it's worth pointing out that this is not an ancient civilization problem. I know you probably think I'm too hard on social media, and I just spend my entire intro making fun of selfies, uh, but let's take that out of the equation. It's still uh, not an ancient civilization-only problem. You know how I know people are decorating their lives? Text messaging. Text messaging. Text messaging. Yes, it is. Think about something. When I was a kid and the phone rang, check this, we didn't know who was calling us. Like we had to answer the phone and actually have a conversation and speak to them before we knew who was on the other line. In fact, a few months ago, Laura and I were on our way to see some friends in Omaha. We were passing through this little tiny town and on the side of the road, there was a payphone. And so I said, quick kids, look, there's a payphone. And they're like, a what? I said, a pay phone. So I had to try and explain how people didn't used to have cell phones. And when you traveled or whatever you needed to make a call, you actually had to pay for that call. And uh, it cost you money to make the phone call unless you called collect. And, and then the, the people on the other line would have to pay for the call. They had no idea what I was talking about. So I had to play for them and sing for them some Travis Tritt. Here's a quarter, right? <laughs> call someone who cares. Uh, it didn't help. Uh, nonetheless, it's not how things work today. When somebody calls you, you look at the phone, you see a name. It, nowadays, you can even just see their picture pop up. You can just hit ignore. Let it go to voicemail. Then after you listen to the voicemail, depending what the person said, you don't call them back. You text them. And now we have an entire generation of people who have no idea how to talk to one another or engage in conversation. If you have kids in junior high or high school, you know that's true. Because when they all get together at your house, they're sitting in the living room right beside one another, Snapchatting to the person sitting next to them. And, and they're just like, why don't you just talk to one another? And the fact remains that if you would actually listen to the conversation, you'd be dumber for hearing the conversation because everything would be like, oh, they were like, and she was like, and I was like, well, do you like like them or just like them? And it's just a horrible, horrible time. And so what is that? It's all... It's all decoration. It's about controlling what people see. You don't want to actually have to navigate the hard uh, thing of actually speaking to someone and t- trying to describe your feelings. And, and that's what text messaging is all about. It's about controlling the conversation. And listen, what starts out as a superficial covering eventually becomes a spiritual condition. It's concealing what's on the outside and it's compromising what's on the inside. We've become so conditioned to filter everything we say and what our appearance is like that we don't even know how to open up and let people know what's on the inside anymore. So let me ask you an important question. Aside from text messaging, what are you doing to decorate your life? What decorations are you wearing? What image are you trying to portray? the fantastic, caring husband, the hardworking employee, the do-it-all mom, the, the super student, the super athlete. Let me ask you another question. Has it started to crumble yet, these decorations? Have people started to see through them? They likely will. If you're not being authentic, it for sure will. 
Love what Judge Judy says. She says, if you tell the truth, then you don't have to have a good memory. So true. You don't have to remember what you tried to tell somebody about something else, about how you were doing and all of these things. You don't have to try and keep track of all those lies in your mind. I once read a book called Be Real Because Fake is Exhausting. Yeah, trying to be something you're not is exhausting. I'm sure some of you came in here today worn out from Thanksgiving and being with family and trying to make everything look right and taste right and feel right and answer the questions right. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. And how's your marriage? Oh, it's good. And uh, what's your spiritual life like? Oh, it's great. I'll step out on a limb here and say the reality in our world is more often than not people are so used to showing their fake self, they don't even know who the real them is anymore. might be true for some of you. You might have areas of your life that you haven't showed in decades, and when it comes down to it, you're not even sure if they're in there anymore. Why is that a big deal? Because decorations that conceal your outside eventually compromise what's on the inside. Look at what Jesus says there. He says, these brothers, these Pharisees, they looked good. They said the right things. They even taught the right things, but they don't do the right things. He says, don't do what they do. They have so many rules that they've lost sight of the real rule, which is love. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, with your entire being, and love your neighbor as Yourself, Jesus speaking to his followers about these religious leaders says these people don't care about you, which is sad. In fact, the passage will go on to say that the Pharisees, they are like whitewashed tombs, dead, decaying corpses on the inside, yet beautiful on the outside. And they are destined for an eternity in hell if they don't change. That's what Jesus says. It's pretty harsh language coming from Jesus, but that's what I'm trying to get across to you today authenticity is a big deal to God. He knows if you're just decorating the outside, you're poisoning your inside. So let me define for you authenticity that I think will be helpful for you moving forward today. Authenticity means everything we share must be true, but not everything that's true must be shared. You tracking with me? Everything. Authenticity means everything we share must be true, but not everything that's true needs to be shared. Some of you think being authentic means sharing everything. And the reality is by sharing everything, you're trying to exalt yourself. But Jesus just said, be careful about that. Those who exalt themselves are going to be humbled. It's a scary thought when you think about it. That the Lord of the universe is actively working against you when you're trying to exalt yourself. It might not happen in this lifetime, but it will happen at some point. I guess let me say, it this way. The most authentic and loving thing you can do is, is probably keeping your mouth shut sometimes. Keeping your fingers off the keyboard. Not hitting post. I honestly believe if Jesus were preaching this message to us today, He'd say some of you are living for likes, yet you're missing out on love. You're so busy trying to impress people that you're missing your chance to make an impression. You understand what I'm saying? Some of you. This is a big deal to God. Stop decorating the outside, forgetting about your inside. People want authenticity. Jesus says the greatest among you must be a servant. And so in order to be a servant, you've actually got to be serving people, which means you have to be connected to people. 
you can't serve somebody when you're all by yourself. And here's what I know about that. People might be impressed with your decoration when they see it, but they're not going to be connected to you because of it. We connect to people in weakness, not in strength. It's why you think stuff like, well, I just can't stand her because she's so perfect and I can't hang out with him. They're just so fake. It's why Jesus says, don't do what decorated people do. Because decorations that conceal your outside will eventually compromise what's on the inside. And if you want to serve people and be great, as Jesus said, then you have to be willing to humble yourself. It's at this point in the sermon that I generally like to give you something to do, something practical that you should be aware of or change in your life. And and so I would say things like, stop decorating your inside because I don't want you compromising what's on your inside. And I'd I'd say, stop being fake. Be you. That's good advice. Say, take a break from social media or something like that. Could be good advice as well. Don't use fake filters. All good things. But here's the truth. It's not about what you do. Only Jesus can remove the decorations in your life. Oftentimes the Bible will use the word veil to describe how we decorate our lives. We put a veil or a mask on to show the world. The Bible says you need to get rid of that. Authenticity is a big deal. And the only way you can do that is through the power of Jesus Christ. Watch this, 2 Corinthians 3.16. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. The decorations are removed. Why? Verse 17, because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory. You see, my identity is not in getting likes, but it's in God's love. It's not me who takes the decorations away. The Bible makes it clear that God That Christ, He's who removes the veil. He's the one who's transforming you. God, through the power of His Holy Spirit, is the one transforming you into the image of His Son. I don't have to worry about decorating the outside. I'm freed up, the Bible says, where the Spirit of the Lord is. There's freedom for me to be me, to be who God created me to be. There's only one of you. And God created you exactly how He wanted you to be. He wants to free you up through the power of Christ for you to live the life that He's destined you to live. In other words, when I'm focused on following Him, I don't have to be worried about who is or isn't following me. I'm too busy serving and loving and caring and sharing the Gospel with the world around me. You are not here this morning by accident. God brought you to this place in order for you to hear these words. You can take the mask off. You're freed up to be who God wants you to be. You can stop playing a game. Many of you probably recognize that all your life has been about playing a role. Here's who I am. Here's where, who I think you want me to be. I'll just be that right now. Listen, that's my biography growing up. It was like I was so skilled at, well, here's my party friends. I'm going to be this guy. Hey, here's my basketball buddies. I'm going to be this guy. Uh Uh-oh, I'm with girls. I better be this type of guy. Now my parents are watching. Uh Uh-oh, I better be this. Or I'm around church people. Now I need to be this. And I tried so hard to be who everyone else wanted me to be. And I didn't even know who I was. It was only when I realized that my sin nature was leading me to do things that broke the heart of God 
that hurt people, it was only when I realized that that I turned to God at the bottom, in the middle of a painful life that I was leading. That's when I turned to the Lord. And despite growing up in church my whole life, I really had no idea how to pray. So I did it the best that I could, and I prayed the best I could. And I tell you exactly what happened. Christ removed the veil. He showed me who I was supposed to be. He freed me up to be the person that I was supposed to be. I didn't have to keep decorating the outside and trying to pretend to be something I wasn't. He forgave my sins. He made me new. Amen, somebody. That's your story. God wants to do that for you. It's why you're here today. Many of you probably know it. I want to pray with you, but before I do, as the band comes forward to close us, in a song. I just want to remind you that this is the only place you can find freedom when you humble yourself before the Lord. How long are you going to keep trying to do things your way? How long are you going to keep trying to make things work and just do it however you want to do it? Be honest. When has that led to your joy, really? When has that led to everlasting peace, with the parties, the sex, the drugs, the money, all of it? How, how often have you done any of those things or longed for those things and felt truly free, truly comfortable, truly peaceful? How many times have you thought this, there must be more to something life, to life than this? There's got to be something more than what I'm going through, just consuming and getting more and trying to make myself happy. Surely there's more to life than that. There is. It's through the power of God. Happiness cannot be found in any of those places. Happiness can only be found when God removes this veil from your life and you take these decorations out of your outside and and God frees you up to be something that you were created to be. God wants that for you. I want that for you. I want you to experience joy everlasting. I want you to find freedom. God's not trying to keep anything from you. He's trying to give you everything your heart could desire. He just says stop fighting it. Stop trying to earn it. Stop pretending. Stop decorating the outside and risking what God wants to do through your inside. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to pray with you. If you came in, that way today. Feeling like this, there's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be more for me to experience. If that's you, then pray with me. Heavenly Father, today I'm turning to You. Trusting that You will remove the veil of sin. I believe Jesus died for me and He rose from the dead so I could live for You. Fill me with Your Spirit so I can know You, so I can serve You, so I can follow You the rest of my life. My life is not my own. I give it to You today. Thank You for new life. God, we continue to pray that we feel Your presence, that You would give us the power to turn to You. God, we believe that where Your Spirit is, there is freedom. We're praying for that right now. God, 
so many have been in bondage, decorating the outside, shallow in their life, been concerned about who's following me, who's liking my pictures, who's commenting, who's retweeting. God, that's not the life you called us to live. We thank you that you've got a much deeper plan and purpose, something way more meaningful for us than that. God, I pray that you help us all realize that our identity is not based on the approval of others, but our identity comes from the approval of your son, Jesus. Help us live for you as we leave this place today. All in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.